a Voice of St. Louis original podcast. This is the St. Louis All Local Podcast from KMOX Radio. I'm Megan Lynch with Tom Ackerman, bringing you the news you need for this Wednesday, February 15th. The judge's decision to overturn the murder conviction of Lamar Johnson, a St. Louis man who spent 28 years in prison, has his supporters wondering who else behind bars is innocent. Michelle Smith is with the Missouri Justice Coalition. And we need to take the momentum of Lamar's case and understand that he is not the only one. There are many people similarly situated to him. How many Lamar Johnsons are out there? Honestly, in our state, several hundred. Smith says nationwide it's estimated 2 to 5% of inmates are wrongly convicted. The 49-year-old Johnson thanked supporters after his release, saying he was overwhelmed. Missouri House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid reacts to the Lamar Johnson murder conviction being vacated. She says it's not enough to just set him free, but those wrongly convicted are owed restitution. Quaid is calling on lawmakers to pass her legislation, House Bill 374, to guarantee compensation for the wrongly convicted. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. With much of Ohio still dealing with the cloud of toxic chemicals from that big tanker car fire earlier this month, St. Louis Fire Department's wondering if it could happen here. Fire Chief Dennis Jankerson says he's been asking the railroads not to bring dangerous shipments through downtown. You know, and that's that's kind of been my push is you're not going to bring 100 tank cars full of this stuff through a a city area. You're not going to do it. Is it happening now, St. Louis? Yeah, they've been going around us as far as we know, but they don't always tell us what's coming through. Jankerson says the one advantage St. Louis would have over the Ohio town is more water. He says the Ohio town didn't have enough water to cool the derailed tanker cars, so they punctured them to avoid explosions, creating the toxic plume that's been blamed for fish kills and human health concerns. 1120 KMOX St. Louis, it is 1015. I'm John Carney. Good evening. And suspending our regularly scheduled program. That's what it sounded like 20 years ago this week, following the murder of KMOX morning anchor Nan Wyatt. Nan always wanted to work at KMOX. Then VP and general manager Tom Langmeyer. Nan uh, joined us in 1990 and worked at our sister station WBBM in Chicago from 1994 to 1996. And then we uh, brought her back to KMOX to co-host Total Information. Traffic and weather update coming up. I'm Nan Wyatt, KMOX News. The Missouri House budget chairman is asking lawmakers to cut... Nan was 44 years old when she was murdered by her husband, Thomas Erblin. KMOX has confirmed with the Missouri Probation and Parole that Erblin committed suicide in October 2021. She really was, as Doug McKelvin said, just a consummate professional. Maria Kina, KMOX News. The world would have been a better place in St. Louis, just a much better place with if, if Nan were around. This is Kevin Killeen. Among those who knew her well from working on the TV show Donnybrook, Post-Dispatch columnist Bill McClellan. He says the public was hard hit by the news, not just because someone they felt they knew had died. You know, it was a husband killing a wife. And had Nan Wyatt been killed in like a carjacking or something, people would have thought, well, okay. But this was a person that they knew who they thought correctly was a likable person killed by somebody who's supposed to love her. I mean, it was just an awful thing. Kevin Killeen, KMOX News. Hundreds more Kias and Hyundais were stolen in the city and county in January, part of the ongoing problem perpetuated by social media videos demonstrating how easy it is 
to USB wire the cars. Now the automakers say there's a software patch. Here's KMOX's Michael Calhoun. This is a big deal to urban areas like St. Louis, where thefts of Kias and Hyundais numbered 4,000 in the city alone last year. That's up 1,500%. It's become so much of a problem that the city last summer threatened to sue Kia and Hyundai, and St. Louis wasn't the only city to do that. The Korean automakers say the software update will be free. When it's available, it depends on your specific model, and when your dealer gets it in, some model years just won't be able to be upgraded. Police are searching for a missing teenager as they issue an endangered person advisory. The St. Louis County Police Department says 17-year-old Jalen Greenlee made suicidal comments and damaged property at his home last night at 269 Roderick Drive in Glasgow Village. Greenlee was last wearing a white mask, orange hooded sweatshirt, and white shoes. He's a black male, 6 foot 2, 165 pounds, with black hair and brown eyes. If you see the teenager, you're asked to call 911 right away. The Missouri Senate Education Committee advanced a bill yesterday prohibiting educators from encouraging minors from adopting a gender identity or sexual orientation. Some have compared it to Florida's Don't Say Gay bill, prohibiting educators from discussing such matters. The issue of how schools deal with sexual orientation of underage students is a priority of Republicans in the Missouri legislature this session. The bill heads to the full Senate. A request to halt transgender procedures is turned down. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey has been denied a moratorium by Washington University's Pediatric Transgender Center after a whistleblower claimed treatments were harming patients. The allegation is that these puberty blocking drugs and cross-sex hormones were administered at will without any kind of real clinical assessment and inadequate parental consent. I mean, the allegation is that the clinic lied to parents. Bailey tells 97.1 FM he will explore criminal and civil avenues in his investigation. WashU and BJC Health say they will not deny critical care for patients in turning down Bailey's call for a moratorium. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. A St. Louis County state lawmaker pushing back against a county ordinance requiring electric vehicle charging stations. Representative Jim Murphy got first-round approval for his bill. This bill provides that any political subdivision that adopts an ordinance, resolution, regulation, code, or policy that requires installation of electric charging station must pay the cost associated with the installation. The bill also exempts schools and churches from charging station ordinances. It passed easily. It's expected to earn final passage later before going to the Senate. A Baldwin man is sentenced to 10 years in federal prison for providing a fatal dose of fentanyl in July 2020. A 26-year-old, Quentin O'Brien Attaway, sold several capsules to a friend who died of an overdose. Prosecutors say Attaway then tried to hide the body. He pleaded guilty in September to one count of distribution of fentanyl. A Fairview Heights, Illinois trampoline business has agreed to increase security and limit hours after a recent fight involving a large number of teens. Skyzone told police they will also work to have more parental involvement with their customers. Fairview Heights leaders say they're satisfied with the response. After a brawl broke out on February 4th, there were no serious injuries. The latest push for unions falls short in an ironic location, Union Station's hotel. The National Labor Relations Board certified results of a December election that 74 employees voted against unionizing, while just 45 voted in favor. Unite Here Local 74 was looking to represent the workers at the St. Louis Landmark. Managers say hospitality is not a strong industry for unions because employees come and go so quickly. KMOX goes in-depth. 
Total devastation. That's what relief agencies are finding when they arrive in parts of Turkey and Syria hit hard by last week's earthquake, which has claimed more than 36,000 lives so far. KMOX religion editor Fred Bottomer spoke with the head of Samaritan's Purse, the Reverend Franklin Graham, about his group's relief efforts in the affected region. Reverend Graham, tell me about relief efforts underway in Turkey and Syria. Well, we are, uh, we've got about 100 people on the ground right now. Our, our main focus is a field hospital in uh, Hate, uh, what is it, Atikia, uh, Turkey. It's uh, Hate province. Uh, this uh, we were set up in a, in a parking lot of a regional hospital it had 1,500 beds, but the building is closed because uh, it's too badly damaged. They don't even allow people to go in to get supplies out of it. So we've got the field hospital up. We're up and running. Uh, the need is incredible. We've got two operating theaters, uh, intensive care unit. We of course we have that laboratory, X-ray uh, capabilities. We have everything that a U.S. Army MASH hospital has, and that's what this is designed. Uh, uh, after. So we, we've got, we can give uh, critical care and uh, we can take care of a lot of people and we can do it quickly. How bad is the death and destruction there? Well, um, it's incredible that entire uh, blocks uh, just collapsed. Uh, and then you'd see uh, a few blocks where nothing has has fallen. It's, uh, But you've also seen pictures of where the ground was actually just ripped wide open. And this is, um, I mean, we haven't seen an earthquake like this, I don't think, since since Haiti. And it's just so widespread. Uh, Down into Syria, where we are working, Syria's a little bit more problematic. You you still have a government at war with separatists there on the the, uh, Turkish border. So getting into some of these areas, um, very difficult. It's just not safe. Uh, so we can't do it with uh, foreigners. We've got uh, Christian uh, partners in Lebanon and in Syria that are going into these areas on our behalf, uh, doing a great job. But it's just it's it's very dangerous in that area. What is needed? I think, number one, prayer. Uh, pray for the people of Turkey and pay, pray for the people of Syria. So much loss, 30,000 deputies. It's, uh, you know, over a hundred thousand plus that are that are injured, and uh, that's what we're seeing in our hospital. The, the people that are coming in with fractures and so forth. It's uh, it's just so much death and destruction and heartache. Pray for the people. That's the number one. And of course, we do need finances. We do need help uh, in that area. But uh, people want to know what they can do. Pray. What else does Samaritan's Purse need right now? Well, uh, we've got. Uh, we're always looking for doctors and nurses uh, uh, that are willing to go for a month or so. Um, but you could go to our website, SamaritanPurse.org. That's uh, you can find out how you can uh, volunteer if you want to volunteer, be a part of this. If a person wants to give, they find out there how they can give. Um, the, this hospital that we got on the ground, uh, that's a little over a million dollar investment, and of course we have to replace it. Uh, we always try to keep uh, several of these in stock so that when there's an emergency, you uh, you can deploy it. You, you can't wait till the emergency uh, then to go out and get the hospital. You have to have them ready to go. And so we took this one off the shelf. And uh, when I say off the shelf, it's ready. Uh, we, we can configure hospitals for trauma. We can configure for uh, like respiratory. We did for COVID when we were set up in Central Park in New York. Um, but this is all set up, of course, for trauma. And uh, we know that there's going to be a lot of... Uh, um, orthopedic work. So we really uh, uh, set this up for, uh, for the most part, for orthopedic. How long of an effort do you think this will be? 
I think we'll probably be there at least uh, for the hospital for three to uh, maybe six months at the most. And then when we're through, we, we will make this hospital as a donation to the Turkish uh, Ministry of Health. Reverend Graham, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Fred. I'm Megan Lynch. St. Louis All Local is produced by the KMOX News Team. Subscribe to the All Local on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.